Welcome into PNCC Speak, the language of executives. We're sharing the stories and innovative approaches of successful business leaders here in St. Louis so that you might hear an idea that sparks growth in your business. Michael Calhoun from the KMOX Newsroom filling in today for Carol Daniel here with Michael Scully, the regional president for PNC. Hey, Michael. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for filling in. Absolutely. Love this kind of stuff. And we've got a great conversation to get into with Elena Mathia, who's the president and CEO of MTM, one of the St. Louis region's largest women-owned businesses, both, Elena, a healthcare company and a transportation company. That's right. Really glad to be here today. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So uh, share some background on MTM. First of all, what do you do? So we provide transportation to individuals that are on Medicaid health care programs as well as Medicare. And if you think about how, you know, an individual might not have access to transportation, either they are elderly, sick, impoverished, and they're not able to get to their medical appointments. So we're taking care of the most fragile populations and making sure they're getting to health care appointments that are sometimes both life-sustaining, think dialysis, chemo, radiation, but also prevention. So think of your regular primary care physician visit, and that's what we do. And you really do that in a big way. Uh, Thirty or 3,000 employees and over 20 million, I'll underline that, million trips a year? Yes, we do it nationwide. 35 states were providing these services for state health care agencies as well as Medicaid managed care organizations like United Healthcare, Centene here locally, Molina, Aetna. These are our trusted partners. And so you work with these health care providers, and that's how patients access this, those, those who are who your, your clients are. That's right. So just like your normal benefit card that you have to go get um, health care Locally, on the back of that card, if you had transportation covered, our phone number would be there. So for those individuals, they could just turn their card around, call us 1-800, and we'll ride, arrange their ride to their appointment. So MTM has is, is been in the news, the news a lot lately. You're highly acquisitive with two recent massive and transformative acquisitions. Uh, you've gone from $30 million when you took over to over a billion two now in revenue. So what are some of the surprising challenges you've encountered, and how is MTM better prepared now to overcome them? So MTM has been acquisitive because our business model requires a lot of technology investment. So not only are we like your health plan, we're also like Uber and Lyft, where you need to see where your appointment is, where your driver is, and be reassured that you're going to be picked up on time. So we're both programming systems for eligibility, Medicaid-covered services, encounter data that we supply to our our clients. And then we're also supplying data to our transportation partners because we work through a network of over 2,000 transportation providers nationwide. And then we're also giving information to members, riders, and caregivers. And so it takes a lot of data and infrastructure. So we want to make sure that we're advancing the technology continually. So part of that is having scale to be able to make those investments in technology. So we recently made two large acquisitions. And I think the thing that we learned the most from it is, even though we have our processes and procedures down very well at MTM, migrating from other companies, not only their technology platform, but how they interact with their clientele is something that needs to be well documented and well understood before you just make wholesale changes. 
And so we were going very fast and migrating our our acquisitions over to our platform. And we we took a little bit of a pause to establish an integration team. So the end headed by one of our consulting groups that we work with to ensure that we're fully documenting how they previously worked so we can better migrate them to how we currently work. Is that the biggest challenge uh, growing a business today? The fact that technology is just the driving force. It powers everything. You've got to have it behind the scenes. You talk about, I mean, that's how you make sure that that people get to where they're going, that the, the drivers are in the right spot. Um, but being able to develop that as a small company, the scale just seems like it's it's so necessary these days. Absolutely. So we have a team now, over 200 IT professionals. We work both here locally. We work internationally we have teams in India and Pakistan and you know as we all were faced with it was hard to get labor over the past two three years and technology certainly and so we've had to expand our footprint and access the talent where we could find it and exactly to continue to develop the technology platform that we were needed to satisfy major clients like the uh, Centene it's critical to have that infrastructure and that money to invest in those systems. So, yeah, I think it's a huge challenge. It's a huge opportunity for companies to set themselves apart and continue to evolve. And that's the biggest thing that we think about all the time is not what we're doing today, but what we're going to be doing in three, five, ten years and planning for that. And Elena, that's probably the most surprising thing I saw in in looking through your website, uh, that you, you know, transportation is so service-oriented you have a huge technology bent. In fact, uh, the Business Journal awarded you the Technology Executive of the Year Award in 2014. And one of the things I noted in your service offerings, in addition to transportation, was letting others use your transportation scheduling software. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we work with transit agencies throughout the United States. We have another division where we provide services to um, companies like Metro St. Louis, right, by state, Colorado. And we do this in Austin, Sarasota, Reno, L.A., Boston, all across the country. And we provide two different services. One is we provide fixed route buses, paratransit, ADA, complimentary, wheelchair accessible transportation. And then we also do in-person functional assessments to determine if somebody should ride more expensive ADA or more cost-effective fixed-route bus. And we've developed a platform to provide those assessments. And then we also provide the scheduling software for those transit agencies for those paratransit ADA vehicles. And so we continue to look at how to leverage our core capabilities, transportation, and technology, and expand and diversify our business. How big of a part of the business is that to to now be providing that software, that platform, uh, to others in addition to the, the core of what you do? So Transit, in 2009, we started it with zero dollars in revenue, and today the whole segment is on track for $200 million in revenue for 2024. So that was completely... Uh, organic, except we did make an acquisition in the technology space. Reveal was our first entry point into transit scheduling, and now we're upgrading that onto Amazon Web Services, taking it, I'd call it 2.0. So, Elena, you have had a 
distinctive career, young career, really, since 05, you've earned many admirable distinctions as a woman in leadership. I'm curious, do you have mentors you, you have that you, inspire you? Oh, yeah. I I have lots of mentors, and St. Louis is a great business community, and I can reach out to anybody on the Regional Business Council, which you're a member of and I'm a member of. I joined YPO, Young President's Organization, have lots of mentors through that organization. And, you know, I think every, all, people think mentors, like that has to be somebody, you know, 20 years older than you, right? Well, today technology is changing so quickly, your mentor might be 20 years younger than you. So I always just look for who's the best person who has the most experience in what I'm trying to figure out. And I think that's, and I call them and I say to them what my challenge is and they help me. They always help me. And that's really what we're all here for is to share our knowledge and help other companies avoid mistakes and get better, right? That's what a network is for. Well, you've you've done your fair share of sharing your knowledge, uh, both with like YPO, but also I noted you're on Washington University's trustees. That's an amazing accomplishment in your career and uh, many others. In fact. Yeah. Yeah. I Congratulations feel, on that. I feel really... Um, blessed to work in a city that's so open. It's great Midwestern culture. And, you know, when you're doing good things, people want to be a part of your success and it, it breeds success, right? So it's, it's a fun place to be. Well, stay tuned. We've got much more to talk about with Elena Mathia, who's the president and CEO of MTM. It's PNCC Speak, the language of executives. Welcome back to PNC C-Speak, the language of executives sharing the stories and innovative approaches of successful business leaders in the St. Louis area. We've got one of them in studio with us, Elena Mathia, the president and CEO of MTM, which is one of the largest women-owned businesses here in St. Louis. And Elena, tell us how you help your clients meet their participation goals when it comes to disadvantaged businesses. Well, we are a woman business enterprise certified by the state of Missouri and several other states throughout the United States. We're also certified by WBNC. And so companies that are looking for participation and credit, we fill those needs. And, you know, we were the product of the WBE program in Missouri. My stepmother started the company and we won a number of managed care contracts because of that WBE status. And so we also employ a lot of disadvantaged businesses as well, minority-owned, woman-owned businesses. And it's a it's part of our culture, and we're very, very proud of that. Because your business is, um, you describe yourself as a broker, so you're working with other independent contractors, so you're as well looking at what companies you're partnering with. Absolutely. So again, we work with 2,000 transportation providers nationwide, and a large portion of these companies are minority-owned, and they are a lot of times immigrant populations, and so they're always looking at how to grow and how to be resourceful, and oftentimes they're really inspirational to work with. So, Lana, you mentioned as a, a woman-owned business, uh, you've taken that a step further, though. Uh, you mentioned the RBC, Regional Business Council. It's the hundred of the largest businesses here in St. Louis, and you are indeed the first female president of that organization. How did that become um, a fact recently, and where are you taking that organization? Well, I have to give 
credit to Kathy Osborne. You know, she's been in that role as executive director for over 23 years, and she's a woman herself. And so I know she and I were really excited to work together and see how that we advance RBC well into the future. We're currently working on our next 20 years as a driving force in the St. Louis community to help promote workforce and talent, public safety, infrastructure. And it's it's just a, a really great group of CEOs who come together, get their hands dirty and help advance issues that the St. Louis region are struggling with. You mentioned a few of them, but from your perch, both at RBC and running one of the biggest businesses in the region, what are some of the the challenges, the opportunities? What what does RBC and the other business groups, what do they really need to focus on, do you think? Well, something we've been working on this past year is public safety. And as we know, post-COVID, the St. Louis downtown region really suffered with public safety. And so, for instance, they help support the police chief search for our first police chief that is out of the region. And from all the numbers, they're pointing in the right direction. I think we're down 20 percent in homicides year to date since the new police chief has taken over. Also, we're working on talent and workforce development, bringing jobs to St. Louis, also keeping our talented young youth as they graduate from universities in St. Louis and looking and being connected with employers in the St. Louis region. Those are two of many, many things we work on. Education as well. Yes, education, mentorship. Mm -hmm. Those are great things that uh, RBC does for our community. So one of the things also on your website is you have a goal of reduction in climate impact through your activities. And when I think of that in transportation, my mind goes to electric vehicles and other sorts of ways we can reduce our footprint. Uh, But the transportation business has changed with the advent of Uber and Lyft. So how is MTM staying competitive in that environment and making an impact uh, Mm -hmm. for our environment? Yeah. So for our environment at large, we take it very seriously. Obviously, transportation has a big impact on climate. And so we're promoting the use of hybrid vehicles. The cars that we're driving every day, some of them are wheelchair lifts. Some of them are very heavy. Some of them are sedans, though. And so anywhere we can promote more fuel efficient vehicles and they put a lot of miles on. So electric charging really, you know, isn't an option for them right now. But we promote hybrids, we track it, and we, you know, we are public with our statistics. We want people to know where we're at. We're not doing this because anybody's requiring us to do it. We're doing it because we want to do it. And then Uber and Lyft, we're in an environment where you have to constantly be competitive. We rebid our contracts with state agencies and health plans continually. We're being held to very thin margins, and so we have to keep thinking outside of the box on how do we provide so much service at a very efficient rate. Part of it is with Uber and Lyft. They are our partners. We do work with them and we're technologically uh, coordinated with them through APIs where we dispatch their vehicles directly for our riders. In the beginning, everybody thought Uber and Lyft might be a threat, but in the end, they're just a partner because we're handling a population that might have Alzheimer's or dementia. We might have a child with cognitive disabilities. Not every rider is a match for Uber and Lyft, and that's part of our job, is to make sure we're connecting the right person with the right vehicle 
so that they can be successful. That seems to come back to the technology component, especially you look at uh, Uber and Lyft and how they've employed different algorithms to figure out, we can take this person who's over here and that person who's over there. They're going to a similar spot. We can drop them off, you know, in between their two, you know, just the way that technology helps to iron out all of those inefficiencies in the process. Is that something that you're uh, able to take advantage of too? Yeah, our software does routing, scheduling, dispatching. It's multi-loaded. So our riders are grouped and getting the most efficient routes, redirecting individuals to closer medical providers. So if you move 25 miles, a lot of times you want to keep the same primary care physician because you have a relationship with them. But there's a cost to that and there's a financial impact to that. So working with members to find a more closer medical provider and helping them through that process is something we do. So it's not just about booking the transportation. It's also making sure people are accessing the closest medical provider, which is an extra step. Which is so interesting because we keep hearing about how health outcomes are the biggest challenge, getting people to stick with what their doctor has told them, consistency, getting to their appointments, taking the medication, all of that seems to be the biggest stumbling block that physicians are experiencing now. Right. So there's a term, social determinants of health, SDOH, and it says that where you live, how you've been educated, you know, do you have a grocery store close to you actually determines more of your health care outcomes than necessarily getting health care access. And transportation is one of those barriers to getting health care access and having good outcomes. So we are an integral part in ensuring that individuals are adhering to their healthcare plan and working with their medical provider, making sure they're attending. In fact, there's been a study that shows that transportation access decreases the overall healthcare costs and as well as improved outcomes. So we're very happy to play in that space and we take our job very seriously. So what I really hear is you focus on preventative care. So get the people to the doctors, get them treated so they don't get something more serious. Uh, I like that model. I know Centene's model is a lot like that. Um, so I'm I'm curious. Companies have come up with these wellness incentives where you basically incent your own employees with cash awards and the like. Um, how has that transformed your business? So personally, we have put uh, programs in place at MTM to help encourage people to quit smoking, to exercise more, and a lot of times these programs are put in place to reduce health care costs, but we put them in place because we actually want to impact people's lives. And so I remember one of the first people that quit smoking at MTM. She was my assistant at the time, and it was just so rewarding to impact somebody's life in a really meaningful way like that. And a lot of times companies are people's true cultural network or, you know, in the U.S., we're not designed around cities like in Europe, right, where you can walk everywhere and you can go to the grocery store and go to your doctor all in the same block. Run into people along the street that you know, say hi, you know. exactly. We're not community-based. And so I believe that as an employer, your job is to do the best job for your employees for those community outcomes because that is the only place that they're learning about them or accessing them. Well, staffing certainly is something that a lot of companies are dealing with, uh, so we'd love to talk about that a little bit more as we continue on PNCC Speak, the language of executives, with Elena Mathia, the president and CEO of MTM. Welcome back to... Oh, that's right. Oh, I just got- 